everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, which, by the way, I really have to say this is much more than a daily report, okay? It is really a knowledge platform from which we communicate thought leadership on various strategic topics uh, through our reports, uh, these podcasts, webinars, and um, other live events, hopefully coming up in the fall. So along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, who's also, by the way, a professor at FIT and Syracuse University, we welcome you very much uh, to our weekly podcast, which is coming from, quote unquote, the nest, <laughs> the Robin Report recording studios. Have to have a little fun with this. Anyway, today's topic is the impact of social commerce on the retail industry. It is small in terms of revenue right now, but a very rapidly growing force that, by the way, also has a lot of tailwind uh, from the pandemic. Uh, what can be called SCOM includes TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook, and actually brands have begun to create specific merchandise and apps around uh, social commerce. And, and by the way, Shelley, um, I think you are on TikTok, right? Yes, Robin, that's right. I am on TikTok, but not from a retail perspective. I actually do cooking videos for fun, uh, which wow. my 13-year-old my <laughs> son produces and directs all of them. Wow. But Social commerce is a little different than social media. Um, and in the past, social commerce has been really difficult for retailers to measure precisely. But today, with the advancement of technologies, retailers and brands can more effectively measure actual sales that come directly from social media. So when we use the definition or term social commerce, what we're talking about is products or services that are ordered directly um, or purchased directly on a social platform or by cl clicking through links to a, from a social network site to a retailer's product page with an immediate purchase option. That's the key word. It's an immediate purchase from the connection of the social media page. Yeah, I'm really getting caught up on this. It's incredible. And it's, it is coming on big time. And I think your cooking class is great. Um, you should probably find a way to turn your channel into a revenue stream. Anyway, listen to these numbers from eMarketer. Um, they forecast that U.S. retail social commerce sales will rise by 34.8% to 36.9% billion this year. Wow. Rep yeah, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Representing 4.3% uh, of all retail e-commerce sales. And by 2024, in four short years, it will grow to over $62 billion. That's really a mind blower. And in China, by the way, <clears throat> the U.S. has only today 10% of the ESCOM uh, but by the way, which is up from only 6% in 2017. 
China's total ESCOM business will rake in $363 billion this year. Wow. Yeah, incredible. And our share, according to Statista, uh, will grow to 14% by 2023. So, Shelly, obviously the pandemic boosted social commerce in the U.S. Um, I mean, you know, stuck and isolated at home uh, led uh, consumers to spend more time on social media. So they became more comfortable using ESCOM to purchase products. So the U.S. adult adoption rate for ESCOM went from 5% in 2019 to almost double that number by August of 2020. According to Statista, the, the average person spends two hours and 22 minutes on social media every day. If you think about that, with, with, with the increase in mobile usage and the comfort level of mobile purchasing, the move to ESCOM from mobile shopping is really a no-brainer. I mean, especially for the Gen Z cohort, you know, the 18 to 24 year olds, now representing over $143 billion in buying power in the United States. So I'm curious, Shelley, um, do you have a breakdown of social commerce share of total online sales and, and what are the top product categories? Sure. I mean, the share of online revenue by ESCOM platform actually varies by age group, which is not surprising. Um, however, with that said, Facebook ranks number one for all platforms in all age groups except one. Robin, can you guess which age, gr age group spends more on Instagram in terms of ESCOM? Well, you're going to be surprised that I have... I think the right answer, Shelley, even, even if I'm behind on all this stuff. Um, uh, the Gen Z, of course. I mean, Facebook uh, has been trending older, correct? Yes. So what are some of the other platforms and products on ESCOM? Well, Instagram ranks second in all other age categories. And then Pinterest and Snapchat, really, it, it varies by age group. So for Gen Z, Facebook is actually number two. And to be honest, Robin, I was a bit surprised by that. I would have thought like Snapchat would have been higher. Yeah, but yeah. I, I think that has to do partially with the number of brands that are available on Facebook versus Snapchat. Um, and I also think uh, Snapchat's a newer platform. I think it celebrates its 10-year anniversary coming up in July of this year. So Facebook and Instagram across all ESCOM platforms are by far the largest share of the ESCOM market. And as far as products, you're going to be surprised to learn this one, that the apparel and accessories combined are 51% of the share of product categories purchased online through social media, wow. which is then followed by video games, toys, and hobbies. That's incredible. I, but, but, but you know what? I can see why it makes sense, Shelley. Uh, you know, we just had <clears throat> a great podcast, which you'll remember with uh, Sarah McVitie from Dressipe, who talked about how the e-commerce shopping journey is flat when compared to shopping in stores. 
And it's hard to translate the shopping experience to an online setting, right? Uh, but, you know, with social media as the conduit for purchasing, um, the experience is certainly more engaging and inspirational. It, it really is more personalized. So understandably, retailers and brands can present products, especially apparel and accessories, in really kind of a fun, exciting way. Yeah, I mean, even some brands are creating products specifically for social commerce. So Abercrombie and Fitch created a social media product line with these two sister influencers, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio. So we may be seeing more retailers collaborating with social media stars to specifically create SCOM only products. But I say buyer beware, you know, well, TikTok and other social media platforms are great forms of marketing to capture Gen Z. With the immediacy of the content and it's highly engaging, the products have to be scalable to other channels. And it, the products have to be developed to meet the needs of the target market over time. So in other words, Robin, it can't be social commerce driving product development. Regardless of the channel, product is still king. Shelly, I don't know if you heard somehow uh, our dog jumped into the uh, nest, so to speak. <laughs> so excuse the barking. Although the more Zoom things I get involved in, I mean, everybody seems to have a dog. They're all True. Anyway, what you were saying is for sure. Nike's a great example. Um, you know, through its innovation hub, they're working on their social commerce uh, media platform called, quote unquote, nothing but gold. Uh, it targets female Gen Zers and it aims to bring social commerce uh, in-house, so to speak, by, by offering a space where young women and teens can uh, buy Nike products and where they can see how other users style them. Um, and, you know, they get inspired. And if Nike is smart, which of course we all know they are, um, it will most likely uh, solicit uh, feedback about products that, that they can further innovate on. In other words, it kind of provides kind of a continuous innovation loop, if you will. First of all, learning from the feedback. Secondly, creative uh, innov creating innovative products on that feedback and then sending it back into the marketplace and then starting the cycle all over again. So instead of creating SCOM products for TikTok or Instagram, it's making their own app, which is just absolutely brilliant. And, you know, that's Nike. I mean, they're in the lead. Uh, there's <laughs> there is no finish line for that brand. <laughs> Right. So this is yet another arm of DTC, by the way, direct to consumer, that will grow exponentially over the next decade. You know, Shelley, we really need to do a podcast um, of DTC's impact on the industry. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other, you know, Google's making a significant change to its Google shopping platform by letting business owners that sell products online list their inventory for free. So in the past, Google would have businesses 
pay for ad placement on Google Shopping. Um, but this is interesting because the marketplace mentality uh, to grow across so many platforms, including social media and e-commerce sites. I do like how Google is kind of making a play for small businesses that really took a hard blow last year. So this Google shopping platform and, you know, putting your products on there for free are really designed for small businesses. So, it, you know, the Google shopping could actually give smaller businesses a wider access to potential shoppers. The new free option for Google Shopping went in, just went into effect at the end of April, and it's going to be rolling out worldwide over the course of the next few months. And the other interesting announcement just last week was Sephora announced its Facebook Live Shopping. So kind of introducing the live streaming with the social uh, networking and the social commerce. So I believe Sephora is one of the first retail partners of this new Facebook live shopping event. So when you're on live shopping on Facebook, you get to see live videos. It's convenient because it's online shopping. And most importantly, viewers can easily purchase items during the stream by simply tapping on products featured at checkout, all without leaving the Facebook um, you know, platform. So I think that's super interesting. Well, you know, this is incredible. I, it, it, is, it is exploding all over the place. And I, I posted an article yesterday in the Robin Report um, that used Amazon's acquisition of MGM as an example of the future, really. And I opened the article by saying, and, th and this relates directly to what's going on here with S-Commerce. I said that over the past decade, I've been blathering, which I have on, blathering on about this being the distribution century, okay? Meaning that consumers and retailers, both armed with technology, would drive multitudes of different avenues of distribution. Uh, these new distribution channels are going to be more convenient and faster for consumers and more efficient, effective, and competitively, competitively advantageous for retailers and brands. Essentially, Shelley, this is the distribution century and social commerce is just another avenue for distribution. So great work, Shelley. Thank you. And thanks for the education. Well, Robin, first of all, I loved your article. It was excellent, the one on Amazon and MGM. That's just such a fascinating uh, acquisition. But yeah. uh, for our listeners, you can find more of our podcasts on Apple, mm -hmm. Spotify, Buzzsprout, and therobinreport.com. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And by the way, this topic today was sent to us by... <clears throat> a colleague of mine and somebody who is in our audience, um, Claudia Molina, and she's brilliant. So she suggested we do this topic and we, we really have enjoyed it. And so, I'm, you know, mentioning to all of you listening that you too can send topic ideas to Shelly and I, and you send them to my email, robin at therobinreport.com. 
And once again, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have learned as I have.